Um, Manning lost at um, Oscars, Matt, so I'm doing the intro um, and we're talking best moves of 2019. Cue the music. Yeah, yeah, I lost an Oscar match there. Um, I disgraced the Gone with the Wind name, and I was going to have Malcolm host the entire thing, but he doesn't want that, so it was more of a punishment for him than it was for me. <laughs> so... Uh, I let him do the intro at least to make good me good to make me my make me good on my word make make my word good make me good on make good on my word thank you thank you Ryan this is why Ryan is the smartest um, makes I can't even I, I, he literally just said it and I can't repeat it that one that word make good on my word make good on my word thank you there we go um but yeah, hopefully that won't uh, happen again if I ever get a chance to repeat myself. Um, but in my defense, Malcolm, you picked a lot of actual Oscar <laughs> award show ceremony questions. Now that I know, I'm going to be prepared, sir. Um, but anyway, uh, today's going to be a little different of, our, of a format. Uh, as you all can tell by the title, this is going to be closed. This is going to close the chapter of 2019 completely. And we're going to talk about our favorite films, which we consider the best of 2019. And again, Abe's not here. Abe might join us a little bit later, but you know what? Because he's joining later, we'll see what happens with uh, uh, the legality of him uh, joining in on the list. Uh, But we will see about that. Uh, But speaking of our actual panel that we have, we don't have an Abe, but we do have a Malcolm. Lovely intro. Hello. Very good intro. Did you practice? Did you make it up on the spot? Make up on the spot. (laughs) That's what I do. Good man. And then we have Ryan. What is up, guys? Ryan never gets a day off, and I feel for him. Yeah. Well, just right now. I mean, there will be days off. But just not right now. There are no days off. (laughs) Not right now? I'm I'm loving how you're just like, like, well, maybe, but not now. Will I? I don't know. (laughs) No, this week is going to be absolute insanity, so. I'm so sorry, sir. Um, But he gave us, he graciously gave us enough time for us to do a quick hour 30, little well, we have less than an hour 30 now. Well, gee whiz. Okay. <laughs> we got time to try to go through this, guys. But today's going to be a little bit different format. We're going to, and I quote, lovingly borrow a format that is akin to one of our favorite podcasts out there, the Top 10 Show, uh, courtesy Ooh. of them. Just do not do not sue us. I don't think they will. But, you know, just throw that out there because this is the, the t- a Top 10 format. It's very hard to do on a podcast. It's not hasn't been done. That's something that hasn't been done before. But because yeah. it's one, we wanted a communal experience, we're going to try to make it our own in a little bit. But you'll also see some similarities if you do watch that show. So please actually go watch that. Sh- listen to that podcast if you can. Go watch it on their YouTube channel. All that stuff. Just so, you know, throw some traffic that way. Uh, regardless, we're about to get started. So I'm going to have Ryan start us off with your number 10 and then he'll go nine, eight, seven, six. He'll go his first five. And through that first five, if we have something that we have on that, if there's something on that list that we also have on our list somewhere that is not in our top, that is not in our bottom uh, five, we will say, Ryan, what, what did we decide to say? You're going to adjourn it until later <laughs> in the list. There you go. We're going to we're like I like I adjourn this for later to, until later in the list because legal terms. I literally asked Ryan if there's a legal term we could use because anyone should know it's definitely not me and Malcolm. Um so anyway, 
Ryan, tell us your top, your bottom five of your top 10. All right. Um, so I changed this number 10 pick recently. Um, so my number 10 of the year was, surprisingly enough, Taika Waititi's Jojo Rabbit. It, it's, uh, in my, it's in my bottom five. Oh, okay. Okay, then we can all talk about it. And we can talk about it as well, too. I'm about to say. <laughs> it's not, it's not, I will say it's not on my list. It made my honorable mentions because when I first saw it, y'all know out of everyone here, I was not the highest on it. But mm. it has increasingly grown on me the more I think about it. And I guess I didn't have a, as a favorable opinion upon it as when I initially saw it because I had some friends on a podcast talk about it. A shout out to uh, the Weekly Pop-Up. You guys getting free publicity again. That's two podcasts I'm shouting out today. They talked about it a little more, went into depth, and it's one of their favorites. And it kind of made me give, have a greater appreciation. I still am not a fan of Scarlett Johansson in that. In that, I know, I know. You're wrong. You're I just, may be. You're just wrong. I may be wrong, and I accept that. But I will agree that ev everything else about that movie really, really does shine, in my opinion. Especially the big twist, mm -hmm. which is still one of my favorite moments of that year. Um, and it's just kind of a beautiful film that Think Taiko Tia does. So I, I applaud that. I applaud that yeah. uh, pick. But I'll let you guys discuss it yeah. since it is actually yeah. on your bottom five. Yeah, I watched it again when I was on a plane recently. And I was just struck again by like how good of a coming of age tale it is and how like kind of thoughtful it is. I mean, my, my big complaint with, with Taika Waititi in general um, is his lack of care for, uh, for kind of surrounding worlds and for like the emotions that underlie a lot of, a lot of the stuff that's going on in his stories. Um, but his two best movies, which are clearly this and Hunt for the Wilder People, like I think that he that those are the movies where he taps into that emotion and does something really well with it. And Jojo Rabbit, I mean, just it, it's such a charming movie to watch. It's you know cutting in a lot of interesting ways. And I, yeah, I I think that at the end of the day, when I was thinking about the top ten list, I thought it deserved a spot. So that's why it is my number ten. I I like love this movie. I think it's great. All like all the acting is perfect there's not much more i can say about it that you haven't said but um i mean it's it's one of those ones i haven't gone back to rewatch it since um i've first seen it so it may move up or down depending on a rewatch but as of this moment it just sit, sits at my nine so mm. it's a good movie i'm surprised it's not higher considering what's behind you <laughs> For the uh, for the audio listeners, which is everybody. Yes, yes uh, yeah. <laughs> Malcolm has a Jojo Rabbit poster directly behind his head, so it's giving him the bunny ears. Um, <laughs> all right, so my number nine was uh, Pedro Almodovar's Pain and Glory. Uh, Not on my list. I'm assuming that didn't make any other list. Nope. Uh, <laughs> Great movie. A, a beautifully contemplative tale. One of the best performances I've seen in a long time with Antonio Banderas. Um, and just stunning. Definitely make it past that one inch barrier of subtitles because this one is worth it. It's really, really, really good. Um, and like, I'm not super, like, I, I have only seen a couple Almodovar films. Um, and uh, it was very moving. So definitely worth the watch. Uh, number eight, I have Ford v. Ferrari. Oh, what's the word? Uh, I wish to adjourn this until later, sir. <laughs> All right. Uh, number seven, I have John Wick, Chapter 3, Parabellum. 
Yeah, huh. Not on my list. No, not on my list. But okay. that's an awesome choice. You know, I, I adore this movie. It's so it, it's so much fun. It's such a well made action movie. It's you know just consummately entertaining. The cinematography is stunning. Like absolutely, I mean, this is a movie that probably most of our listeners have seen. So singing its praises, I mean, you know, only goes so far. But definitely, it's you know, it was one of the most fun experiences I had at the movies this year and was one of the early top movies that I had and then hung around for a long, long time in that top five before the end of the year came came around. So uh, John Wick 3, definitely worth a watch if you right. are random and haven't seen it. Um, and rounding out my uh, bottom five here at number six, I have Greta Gerwig's Little Women. Um, uh, that is uh, a definite um, uh, I object <laughs> until later, ladies and gentlemen. All right, <laughs> that's my bottom five. So sweet, uh, Malcolm. If that, if you would do the honors, tell us your bottom five. Um, well, my number ten um, is already adjourned. It's Ford. My number ten is Ford v Ferrari. Okay. My nine was Jojo Rabbit, which we've already talked about. My eight is Us. Us is one of those movies that. I didn't know much about when I saw the trailers. Like, this looks awesome. And he, um, like, Jordan Peele's capitalizing on Get Out so much. Um, the This movie is just great. Like, the creepy elements work. Um, and just the whole doppelganger storyline, it's one that I've never really seen a lot done this style of thing. Um, but just seeing like Lupita Nyong'o um, and Winston Dugan that play a, I think it's the, they called tethered, but uh, the mm-hmm. tethered versions of themselves um, just going at the family. It's just, it's just one of those ones that it shows a, both these people have dual personalities. I kind of wish Lupita got nominated for an Oscar for this, but I mean, it was tough to get her in there as it is, but it's a good movie. I, I love it still to this day. And I, I will add, while this didn't make my my ten, uh, it is on my honorable mentions along with JoJo because that was that movie. While not as good as Get Out, obviously, uh, there are a lot. Jordan Peele is a filmmaker that, while he came out of nowhere, it feels like he's been doing this for a while. He has this really great visual eye, and there's a lot of great moments, even while the story doesn't always make sense. From a realistic, not a realistic standpoint, but from a logical standpoint and how it kind of treats its characters of the world that they inhabit. There's a lot of suspending of disbelief in this that happens. But he has such care and such intricate um, little details that he puts in there as a filmmaker that I really do appreciate. And I think this one was the better directed film, but not the better directed from the not the better written, if that makes any sense as well, from his prior outing and get out. So I do have to say Lupita is fantastic and might be my favorite female performance uh, of the year. Not the one. We'll get into that later, but I applaud. That's a great, great pick. And that was your eight, correct? Yep. All right. Keep going, sir. My number seven is Uncut Gems. We're going to adjourn that until later. Ha-ha! <laughs> <laughs> and and my number six is already going to be joined. I know because it's it's the same number six as mine. It's little. I've got little woman. Oh boy! Oh boy! 
<laughs> okay, this is gonna be really interesting to get to this discussion over here. Um, right. But hey, y'all, y'all have it as you y'all have it on your tin, so I am very still pleased with that. Uh, okay, now we're gonna get to my list, and look, us we're already making great time, guys. See, we're gonna get out of here and on a decent time. Knock on wood. Yep. Um, but my number ten, and I, I'm not sure this movie has not aged in my mind as well from when I initially saw it. But my respect for it is a lot more, and that's 1917. Not on anyone's list. That's, and I'm gonna. I'm, I'm curious to hear y'all's take after I finish this little uh, little excerpt. But 1917 is a beautiful powerhouse of a film. It is just something that you stare at and all the entire time. What Deacons and Mendez to do is something that should be uh, uh, lauded and considered a triumph, just from what they have crafted because as i mentioned before and i will still say again it is a literal tango between the camera and the actors what they managed to accomplish and i will say sometimes it kind of it doesn't have the same emotional weight as other films do and there are some moments where of course i was brutally affected and there are other moments where i felt very disconnected it's more of a marvel and a feat and something that i'm excited to see what what they do in the film medium with these one take type films i consider it a method more than a gimmick but one of my friends pointed out to me well they kind of pushed this really hard as the as the selling point for the movie and i said yeah they they went a little overboard considering they had like what a 60 second uh competition for people to send in their one take movies or whatever i didn't know about that until he pointed that out to me and I think that kind of takes away from the beauty that they have created with this film. Because Deacons, Father Deacons, blessed be his name, just kind of shows us once again how good of a cinematographer he is. And I'm now glad he has two Oscars under his belt. Um, so this movie is a lot more respect than actual. I will watch this to the dying ends of the earth. But I have such great profound awe that I am in for this uh, film. Uh, number nine, I know none of you will have this on your list, but that is How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. No one. I thought not. Um, I'm biased. I love this trilogy with a passion. Uh, it represents something personal for me uh, and the relationship that uh, Hiccup had with his father, Stoic. And I do believe it is kind of like a, uh, what is that saying? It is a, a diminishing returns type of uh, saying, uh, but... The first one was the best. Second one was really good. This one is also very good, but not as good as the pre pre previous two. I still think it's the best animated film up there with Klaus, in my humble opinion, that I've seen. But this one is just has this beautiful trilogy come to a close. And the heart of it is Hiccup and Toothless and what uh, Dean Dubois manages to do in telling his story of what this is of this young boy growing into a man and having these situations in his life of of growing up uh, losing someone you love and then ultimately um having to let go of your of your past and childhood it's a beautiful coming of age tale that wraps up in a way that just you don't see in most animated films there's this mature darkness to it and i can also say roger deakins father deakins blessed be his name um i'm literally going to do that every time i mention him because this man is a legend he helped as a visual consultant from the series from day one. And it shows just how beautiful and beautifully animated this film is. And DreamWorks, by greenlighting this, they cap they capped this film series perfectly. And I would not have it any other way. Powell is amazing. Jay Burchell is also phenomenal as Hiccup. And I think it's just a beautiful, beautiful film. Um, 
they're, 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 you know, it's not as highly cinematic quality as the other two, but it's still one that I recommend you all go out and see if you have any attachment toward these characters whatsoever. If you don't, well, I'm still going to be biased. Check it out. Um, and then number eight, none of you will have this as well. Uh, and again, clarification on mine, I don't know about you all because this is all our own personal top tens. I do have documentaries on here. Um, that is American Factory. I thought not. Um, and none of you are going to have the next one. I can guarantee that too. Uh, I always try to go out of my way to see a, at least a couple of documentaries a year when I can. Obviously, the ones that are nominated for an Oscar, I try to go out and see um, every every year. And this is one that kind of was on my radar when it first started to pick up some award speed right after Apollo 11's big drop. Um, American Factory was one that I had no idea about Dayton, Ohio and the closing of uh, General Motors and the taking of the Fuyao glass and how they managed to enter, enter, um, inject themselves into that culture and seeing that culture clash take place as someone who is in the news, how this felt very natural and very just kind of, it felt very much like they were just telling the story happening. And as someone who has seen this happen in a sense of just uh, a corporation coming in and, um, taking something from the inside, but having a way where it feels very human, uh, it's not glamorous whatsoever, and it just feels like these people are living living their lives. They do that beautifully in this film. And I think for the ones that were nominated, it's my personal favorite from that docu from the documentaries that we've seen this year. And it's fully, fully deserved in what they managed to do. So I'd recommend you all go see this because I felt like I learned something after I'd watched this for something that I think is overlooked. So I'd recommend you all go see it. Uh, it's on Netflix. And then number seven, no one has the king, do they? No. Okay. <laughs> number seven is the king. No one expected this, I'm guessing. Uh, this was the, this was, this came out, this came out earlier mid year with Timothy Chalamet, Joel Edgerton. I don't think anyone cared about this movie. Obviously, it disappeared. <laughs> I don't know. Him. As you can tell by Ryan's uh, chuckle, uh, it, it's a it's a weird movie. It, it's very slow. Uh, it is it's dull at times, but there is this beautiful. How do I say this? There is this mystique and this almost Shakespearean type dialogue that they drive for us, old English uh, because it's based off of I believe Henry the loosely based off of Henry V, I believe, or is it? Uh, I think it it's somewhat based on. All the hen- uh, all the some- Henrys, yeah. I know it was based off. There was a core one they took a lot from because the character of Joel Edgerton plays, whose name I'm escaping. Think no, what's his name? Uh, is based off of a character that is in those plays by Shakespeare. And I'm a sucker for period pieces, as we'll find out later on this list. And this one just kind of had it was a deconstruction of the character of Henry. And it had kind of everything that I loved in a piece. Beautiful music, great performances. Robert Pattinson doing a really weird French accent. <laughs> I was, I love that. Uh, and then Max Richter's score is the one of the most haunting of the year next to like us. It's one that is just really melancholy. And it's something I recommend you all go out and listen to if you have a chance. It's very underrated. Um but it's just a very engrossing amount of performances for a story that is very cut and dry and sometimes to its detriment. But there is just such so many good things in here. And Timothy Chalamet just proves once again why I love him as, a, as an actor. 
And Joel Edgerton is also one of the most underrated actors of our generation right now at this moment. And I think his performance in here speaks to the power that his presence can bring to the stage or to the screen. Um, but yeah, and it's also historically inaccurate for a lot of stuff too. So don't don't quote that as gospel, guys, this movie. Um, and then, yeah, wait, that was seven. And number six, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Y'all have it. No, wow, this is, I, you had, none of y'all have had a single one in my bottom five. Huh, I'm just gonna keep, I told myself I didn't want to talk a lot. And look where I am. I'm talking a lot. <laughs> um, wow. Okay. Beautiful day in the neighborhood. Like the king, less to less to the extent the king went under the radar. It tried to get a lot of traction, but outside of Tom Hanks, it really didn't do too much. Um, maybe a Writers Guild nomination for writing, but man, guys, it's such a it's such a heart gut wrenching film. A heart. Uh, it pulls on the heartstrings, and uh, Marielle Heller, excuse me, <clears throat> gets get, gets to the heart of what of what um, Fred Rogers was, of who he was as an individual. And this isn't a movie about him. This is a movie about what he represents and how that affects others. And Matthew Reese is gives it a criminally underrated performance this year, as uh, the as our main character who just is, interacts with Mr. Rogers. And the way that she as a director incorporates the elements of the show into this actual film, I was on board within five minutes. I won't spoil what that is because I will encourage you all to do that. But this movie had me in literal tears for the last 30 minutes. It is. She gets such good performances. Heller gets such good performances out of her actors and Reese and um, Hanks are no different for this one they embody their characters to a T and it just kind of has this effortlessness to the filmmaking. So I will, I will, I won't, I won't keep talking about it, but I encourage you all to go see that. And I'm really surprised uh, at how different my list is turning out to be than I anticipated. I know if, if Abe was here, it's on his list. I know, but I sadly he's not. So I'm blaming Abe for it not making. Um, but yeah, that's my, those are my top, Top five. I'm going to stop talking now. And Ryan, what do you got for you to the next three? We're going to do our next three. That is our uh, five, four, and three. So what are those, Ryan? All right. Uh, so one thing I will note for the audience um, is that I do not rank documentaries alongside narrative films. Yes. Um, if I did, Apollo 11 would 100% be on my list, but it is not because I don't do that. So sorry, Apollo 11. You're amazing. Everybody needs to go see you. Yes, um, they do. Number five, uh, I have James Gray's Ad Astra. Ooh, wait, hold up, hold up, hold up. <laughs> uh, do I... Five, four, three... Yeah, no, okay, it's not It's not one. It's not It's not my uh, two or one. It's my three. Um, and oh. Malcolm, is it on yours? Mm. I'll let you take it away, Ryan. Hey, <laughs> So I think this is uh, the science fiction Marvel of the year. Like as much as I liked High Life, I thought this movie really it dug. It's it, it, I mean it's a movie that's like set in a science fiction environment, but it's really about the human psyche and about coming to terms with certain things. And I just really appreciated how how interesting this movie was, how beautiful it was. Like I, I actually a lot of it I can't get over is how just stunning. It it's is really like from start to finish. It's beautiful. Um, 
And it's a movie that is like, honestly, it has one bad scene and the rest of the movie is almost pitch perfect and quite like, like I really like the Lost City of Zed. I think that movie, like it's a, it's very uh, slow and like drawn, like kind of like very sticky toffee. Um, <laughs> but yeah. I think that, but I, but I think it's a criminally underrated movie. I think James Gray is a very interesting filmmaker, and I think the way that he works with Brad Pitt in what really was a criminally underrated performance, um, yes, you know, was quite One, was quite special and uh, was amongst my favorites of the year. Manning. Oh, I will add. First off, is it the monkey scene? Think? No. No, what was that one bad scene that I'm thinking? It's the scene with him and Ruth Nega. Which one? <laughs> the one where they're what, what, like talking? Where they're just like the room? talking in the room with both. That wasn't bad. Yes, it was. It was poorly acted and just generally not. Well, it is. It's such. It's at such a lower level than the rest of the movie. It's just like this, like weird, huh. like we need to propel the plot forward. So here's a thing to happen. Scene. I need to I need to re-see that again because I, I did not get that. It wasn't like, oh, this this scene is amazing and win all the Oscars, blah blah blah. I was just didn't I didn't have that reaction when you saw it or when I saw it. Mm-hmm. So I need to go back and like I'm gonna try to critically analyze that scene right. now to see like or like is- that's how it's that's how it sit with me anyways. And that was okay. my initial reaction and like my memories of it certainly haven't gotten better. Okay. So basically um, it was like a plot dump, is what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Um, um, but yeah, no, I thought it was really quite good. Uh, yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree. Th- this is controversial time, controversial time. Um, uh, I think this is the be- better Brad Pitt performance of the year. Not to say he, not to say he's not good. Not to say he's not good in before you all destroy me. Not to say that he's not good in once upon a time in Hollywood. I just think mm-hmm. he's given more to do in this one and really shine. He has a subtlety in this that is like if you just watch his eyes, like even the beginning scene where you just see the sorrow in every single glance that he takes toward the audience or just any character. This is a guy who is literally empty and you see that with his eyes. He and I won't spoil what he's not what he's searching for, but there's something more than his father that he's looking for. But you'll get into that as you watch the film because not enough people saw this more people need to actively see this film this is and if there's any movie that i say that didn't get enough buzz this year not only awards wise but just critically financially all that stuff it's ad astra so please go out and see that guys it's really good i have i have one we me and ryan reviewed it uh that was ages ago it feels like um but i called it i called it similar to it's a it's a modern rendition of the odyssey not like it's beat for beat obviously but yeah. it's it's this it's this character going through events, meeting specific characters for only scenes at a time, and how those scenes and those characters interact with him or shape him in a way, drive the plot forward and drive his character arc uh, toward the end. And so, wait, Malcolm, have you seen this? No. <laughs> okay, then I'm gonna be as spo- spoiler free as possible. Please go see if you have a chance. Be like be like Malcolm, guys. Go go watch it. Right? You're going to watch it now, right, Malcolm? Maybe. It's okay. One of those ones that didn't, like, from the trailers, it kind of made, made me interested in wanting to see it. So. Okay. In my defense, 
some of those trailers were not good. They did not they did not do the film justice because I know we watched a film. I was trying to convince my mom and sister to watch it. Amazon Prime, not Amazon Prime, excuse me, but Amazon and Video had it. We watched the trailer. They were not into it, and I told them this is not indicative of what the film is. So do not let that move you in a way. It's not it's not good. It's not great. Um, but yeah, no, Ad Astra, great, real good. Sorry, Ryan, you may continue now with your next one. All right, well, I'm assuming the next one is going to be adjourned um, because it seems to be everybody's favorite movie of the year. Um, and there's there's good reason for that. Um, but my next one is Bong Joon-ho's Parasite. Sir, that is what uh, we call a uh, I wish to adjourn this for later. Okay. Uh, now in my next one. Is uh, your third? Uh, my next one, which is my number three, um, is a movie that nobody's going to have on their list. <laughs> I'm fairly certain, uh, which is Clint Eastwood's Richard Jewell. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't have it, but I forgot about that movie. <laughs> a movie that everybody forgot about and nobody saw. Um, <laughs> you know, I really like this movie. Like, I mean, I, I kind of... I, I, I jive with Clint Eastwood as a filmmaker. Like, I think that he tells stories that are interesting to me as, you know, a 50-year-old man in a 29-year-old body. Um, and it just, this movie is, like, it has so much emotion, and it's, like, so well-acted, and it's just, it's a movie that is, like, beat, beat perfect uh, just for what it is. Like, it just does what it sets out to do. And it's interesting... And it, you know, and, and no offense to your profession, Manning, because this isn't a reflection on you necessarily. Well, but it takes listen. a little bit of it takes a bit of a hunk out of the news media, which sometimes deserve it. Uh, okay, I'll let and, you finish that first. <laughs> and I just think that it, you know, it really, like, as I said at the beginning, it just kind of it does everything it needs to do as well as it possibly can. And I was very moved by Sam Rockwell in this movie. I think he did a, a superb job. Um, and Paul Walter Hauser for the second movie in a row that I've seen him, another superb performance. And uh, really it was underseen and underrecognized. Um, and I'll quickly... Quickly, quickly say, uh, the sensation, the, the uh, national sensil, sens, mm, hold on, excuse me, I can't speak words today. Uh, the sensationalism that happened with that, with Jewel and the media, how they did that, again, I'm in news, but I'll be the first to say that was horrendous, should not have happened. And sometimes, which is why I, I can't, can't speak for all news medias, but for where I work, we're very, very cautious about what we go after because incidents like these can lead to the destruction of individuals' lives, livelihoods. And we can't have that uh, because other than that, because as Ryan said, integrity uh, uh, is lost with that. So yeah, no, that's, that's my quick defense that I have, but it, otherwise it's not really defense. It's more of an agreement or an affirmation of what their movie was trying to say. Yeah. Um, but I, I yeah if if again if Abe was here I know he liked it enough so he might have had it on there but we can blame Abe for that one not making it on either um, and it's not on yours I'm guessing Malcolm no because it's it's only just opened up this weekend 
Oh. <laughs> yes. well, so, maybe so maybe I might check it out. Well, I know that um, it, it was probably his most well-reviewed movie in a while. Uh, also, um, quick question, Ryan. You said you jive with most Clint Eastwood films. What about the the fifteen twelve to fifteen seventeen to Paris? Did you jive? Okay, with that you one? know what? He makes some <laughs> bad movies from time to time. Okay, like I know. I'm just yanking your dick. Perfect. <laughs> like I will call him out when the movie is bad, and that was bad. That movie was not good. Okay, Malcolm, get us off this discussion. Yes. Uh, no. Let's keep on. I'm kidding. Go ahead, Malcolm. My number five um, is. Maybe in the joint tournament, um, but my number five is Marriage Story. Not for me. No, senor. It's not on my list, surprisingly. <laughs> um, yeah, Marriage Story is one of those ones that I didn't know what to expect when I watched it. But um, this is one that it's so it, like it is reminiscent of Kramer versus Kramer in a way, mm-hmm. but this is a more modernized version of it um and i think that all the acting in this is phenomenal um even though i don't think lord denshaw got an oscar for this but we'll get to that we'll get to that later on when we talk about the other ones he should have run it for what um, could you be talking about (laughs) um but but this is one that i really loved and all the performances are great um I kind of wish the Oscars went for an upset and had Scarjo win over Renee, but it, between those two performances, it's really hard to go one's better than the other because they're both so different mm-hmm. as well. So, But, I I mean, I love Marriage Story. I think it's a great movie. Um, and it's just that for, um, big argument scene is just yeah. probably one of the best scenes in the movie as well. It's the best scene to me because throughout the entire movie people were building up to that confrontation because they're they've been very you know they've been holding themselves back and that's having that cathartic moment of yelling between the two and then when he ultimately says um if i could guarantee what's what's the kids henry is this a little kid's name henry i feel bad i don't know yes it is yeah. okay if i guarantee henry's safety i hope you like if i could guarantee his safety i hope you die uh, or something along those lines, and when he says that, him breaking down and then realizing that's just it, 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 it is that both of those. I love Scarlett Johansson in this one, guys. Just let you know. Um, I think they are. It is a powerhouse acting from both of them, and it's not a showy yeah. film by any means, besides that one scene in particular. Um, mm-hmm. But it's a very subdued scene with a lot of their emotions, and I think they both played it wonderfully. And it's a really good film. It's very good, and I, I can't say anything too bad about it. We're almost in the yeah. Um, my number four is Booksmart. <laughs> no, I know Ryan does not have it on there. It's 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 a it's my it might be it's close to my honorable mentions, but not there yet. So go ahead, Malcolm. Yeah, this movie is um for me is one of the ones that came out early in there that just stuck around. Um, and this is just one of those ones that I think um. Beanie and Caitlin Dever have great chemistry together, and I'd like to see more movies in which them as a duo, uh, whether it's a comedy or uh, um, any type of movie, but they just work so well together. And, and 
this um i mean there's all the arguments that this is um a female version superbad which i kind of get that comparison but i don't because not it's really it's really different from super super bad in the fact that this is actually good super bad's just a bad movie um but but yeah shots fired <laughs> no, i don't know that we can do this podcast together anymore like, we say that every week but Jesus. here we are like, oh i was about to say uh do you all need to time out or do we need to uh, i need a time out like <laughs> fuck <laughs> But th- th- this is one of those ones I wish got more love at the Oscars. But is that it? Was that was that your three or your? No, that was, that was my four. My three is Midsummer. No. Oh wow. <laughs> uh, go ahead. This is a movie I did not expect to like, but just be- because um, I wasn't a big fan of Hereditary when it came out last year. Um. But I I read this because um f- partly because I I knew Florence Pugh was in this and I think she's she's great and she is um she's put my celebrity crush at the moment but um, <laughs> <laughs> but oh, gonna be a fight between you two next <laughs> <laughs> listen hey listen 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 you it's okay she has Zach Braff. <laughs> Oh, I think I think both. I don't know that that's a win, right there. It's not. I mean, you know what? Love, I guess. I don't know. I'm not going to comment upon someone's choice. We can easily take down Saint Bradford anyway. But, um, <laughs> but anyway, um, th- this is a movie which, um, to me, was unexpected, um, and it's it's one of those ones that's so that at times is so creepily uncomfortable that you can't look away but yet yeah. you can't um you can't keep watching it at the same time but it's it's one that has for a home movie it's really good with what it does and just all the interesting things um i don't want to go too much into spoilers for this one because it's one that um if you haven't seen it i recommend you watch it because it the twists and turns it takes throughout this um you'd never see coming and it's one that i mean it's one of those ones that i can't spoil if i wanted to but yet there's so much about this movie that i don't want to say because it's surprising so yeah but about my free i will say it's a horror film so obviously it's stuff's gonna happen Ooh. but how that happens and the and how how I many the highlight of this film cinematography first but florence Pugh mm-hmm. is the i'm gonna say the actress but probably is the most consistent actress this year with three fantastic performances um and what she does and how her character deals with grief that those first 30 minutes it's super long and too long in my in my mind but i know you disagree with that malcolm we talked about last week you, you read for that extended cut yeah um, i'm excited for the extended cut <laughs> uh, i how she deals with that and what her character goes through is something as someone who's dealt with grief myself it it, it it's very raw and real it, she feels so distant from everything that's happening around her and she plays that beautifully to a point to where it was it was disarming for me to see that how how that played out 
she is by far the highlight. Before we even get to, <laughs> before we even get to the uh, where did it take place? Norway, uh, Sweden, Sweden, Sweden. Before we even get to Sweden, she, she's already stealing stealing the show, and she continues to do as such. And I definitely everything that Aster does, I'm still looking forward to seeing what he does because he's a very unique filmmaker in the business ever especially ever since hereditary came out so that's a good choice i respect you for that one right there malcolm yeah um and she's about like florence Pugh is bound to have another great performance in black widow when it comes out <laughs> i hope they give her enough to do is, is the only thing i'm worried about <laughs> she deserves it but yeah i think we go on to your fight um five to three <laughs> my you're right we are um and now okay now we're getting into wait okay no we are getting into movies now that we've talked about uh now we can talk about ford v ferrari guys my number five hey. ford v ferrari and i'll make this a little more quicker since we're all gonna be talking about it because this is the first movie we all had yeah well what do mm-hmm. you know um but um ford v ferrari is probably <clears throat> my favorite traditional filmmaking this year. Now, when I say traditional, I mean, it's not a movie that has these really interesting uh, quote-unquote gimmicks or quote-unquote methods of storytelling. It's presented as is. There's no greater allegories. There's nothing that it's trying to say. It's merely trying to tell this emotionally engaging story of these two men and how they went to Ford to take on Ferrari. And it's just a well-crafted film. James Mangold, his such an underrated director ever since uh, i don't know i saw him when he did 310 to yuma i was like this guy's got it and now after this one i can confidently say this guy's got it when it comes to um directing and man that editing and that sound those are some great oscar wins right there because those were impeccably done just from a technical standpoint and christian bale i love that guy he can effortlessly act at this point even when he's not amazing he's still really good um but yeah those last 30, 40 minutes, whew, man, that's good filmmaking right there. And jump yeah. in whenever you guys. Oh, Malcolm, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, Ford for Ferrari, um, it ju- um, just made, like, made my 10. Um, I initially, like, when I lasted my top 10 movies of 2019 at the start of the year, it was a bit higher, but then I saw um two movies which haven't come out over here yet um and that pushed it um down but i mean for it's it's a great movie i knew absolutely nothing about the this at all going in and just to see um a bunch of um great sort of um car racing and just all the oscars it got well was, was deserved, yeah. Um, it's just one of those ones that, but that I thought was great. And to sort of um, see portrayed on on screen um, the New Zealander racer Bruce McLaren a few times as well. Um, at least he was mentioned anyway. It was just interesting. And Ryan, what words do you have to say? Uh, yeah, I mean, this is the ultimate dad movie. I think is what everybody's <laughs> called it. Um, and, and I mean, it's, it's just a lot of fun, um, and, and well acted and interesting. Um, and yeah, I like, it's hard to kind of pile on to the praise that you guys have gave it because 
that's really like where it succeeds. It's technically great. Um, and it's telling just like a very conventional, but like inspiring story and a story that yeah. makes you feel good. Um, and bad in some ways, like, you know, it, it has some light and some dark. Um, and this is a really cool story in the world of car racing. And, uh, it was nice that it got put on the screen in such, in such a glamorous way. Are we excited for James, for James Mangold, uh, directing Indiana Jones five? Well, I mean, I don't, I don't <laughs> think it's confirmed. Yet. I know it's in talk. Uh, it's not, but it's an it's a interesting pick. Um, but yes. Well, I think the question should be, are you excited that it's just going to be an Indiana Jones 5? Oh, no. Is... Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I'm not. No. no, Nor am I. Um, I think that we should just be done. I mean, we should have been done the last time. We should have. Oh, wait a minute. Who is who's this? Who is this? Um, Batman. Guys, it's Batman. Where did you come from, Batman? Gotham City. Wow, that was a. I walked into that one. Uh, guys, Abe, I told you Abe would show up, and Abe showed up. You know, I would have showed up like thirty minutes earlier, but the bus like got delayed like twenty minutes. But... Okay. Well, um, wait. What have I have I done? I only did my fifth one. So, uh, quick. You know what? Quickly. Uh. Uh, uh, mm, Abe, tell us your 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 uh, fur your one two three four five six seven. You're sorry. Tell us your ten nine eight seven six five. Tell us all those. Tell us those top six right there. Do I have just to fast. say something the about bottom the six of no. your top ten? Thank you. Bottom six. Tell okay. me your bottom six. Don't tell anything with, about them. Weathering with you. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Well, ten nine oh, wait. eight. Yeah. Avengers Endgame. Yeah, seven. Okay. The Irishman. Six. Okay. Knives Out. Fifth. Honey Boy. Okay. Okay. Perfect. And then, uh, wait. Uh, and then we'll go back to you once I finish this for your for your next few. Uh, my number four. Uh, is the farewell. And if it is on now, Abe, is the farewell on your list at all? No. No. Cool. No. Because if it's on anyone's list, if okay, if any, if our next few are on, is anyone's uh. If two or one, we say I'm adjourning it until later is what we decided, Ryan, or I'm adjourning it until we decided. Yeah. Yeah. I'm adjourning it until later. So we're going to wait for the, until we have our final two to say that. Um, but because I definitely know someone has Hollywood hire. So I wonder who that is. All right. And then... Are we doing best or favorite? Because those are my Either... favorites. Okay, I don't I, think the best are the my favorite. You know, it's just. A... I, I get what you're saying, but we're we're doing what you think your favorite of this year is. Although we can have that discussion okay. in a later date. Um, okay. All right, now my number four is the farewell. Um, there are I know this won't be as high for everyone, uh, but there are a few films this year that spoke to me on a very basic human level as the farewell did. There is just something that is overtly melancholy about this entire thing. Um, it's tailored through a very cultural lens, but it's also incredibly relatable to how families process grief. And grief is a big thing that is, for me, again, my dad passed away last year in 2019. So that is a big thing that I saw in film and how characters 
used that or how directors showed that and the farewell specifically aquafina i didn't if you if you told me last year that the girl who was supporting the crazy lady in crazy rich asians would give my favorite performance of this this year i thought you'd be crazy this is a beautifully intimate film and i think that what lulu wong managed to do telling a story that was personal to her and giving that and sharing that for the world it's powerful and i think that it's also very um eye-opening for those who are unaware for those who how those uh process grief and as well as those who process grief who are not from a traditional individualistic american culture it's wonderful in those ways and it's also a great supporting cast um and I can't say anything better about it because nothing else to say. That's my four. And my three is Ad Astra. But we've talked about that already. So I will forgo that. Abe, what do you have for five, four, and three? I told you number five. Oh, yeah. Honey well, Boy. Do I have to describe it? Oh, uh, yeah. Just to, no one else has that, I'm guessing. So, so give us a quick. This one is one a lot of people that haven't watched. Well, I don't know if you guys watch it. It's an Amazon fan. I'm going to tell it in every show I am. And it's just a personal film. And. It just made me cry. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you something. When a film made me cry, that's a top 10 film. If a film makes me get mad, like in a good way, that's a top 10 film for me. So it's it's having an emotional response for, for a film for me. That's what puts some over the other. And that's important. Mm-hmm. And Honeyboy, it's just like, it's, it's a, I mean, you guys know the premise of it. It's like child yes. above. Like it's a kind of a autobiographical. Yeah, Luke and Bob, and I yeah. and it's short. It makes a point about the relationship with your parents, and you know I don't have a good, no, I don't have a good, I don't have a bad relationship with my dad or anything. But it just hit me like emotionally something like just make you think about you growing up and the things that happened to you and how how the people around you can affect you in a way. And it just hit me, and I cried, mm-hmm. and I won't stop saying I cried. And it has my favorite performance of the year, which is Child Above, and I thought he was amazing. Alma, Alma Harrell, I think it's uh, how you pronounce your last name, Harrell. It's Alma Harrell. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I need to look that uh, up. Uh, she, she's, she just directs this film. It's beautiful, and, and the best, honestly, the best thing is that it's short. Like inmates, it's point, and you're done with. It. Like you and and we don't get a ton of films like that, so that's my number five. Number four, another one that made me cry, and I'm not afraid to say it. A beautiful day in the neighborhood. Hey, I knew he'd have it on there. That was my number uh, six. Oh, okay. Uh, this one is like same. Uh, this one I like it way more because I mean it made me cry, but also it's like a the I, know, right? I, I think Mario Heller direction. Like I just love her. Like her, her three films are just incredible, including this one. I think it goes like this one. Well, can you ever forgive me? This one and uh, Diary of a Teenage Girl. I don't know. Have you have you guys watched that one? No, I have not. I've not seen I that one. What? All right. But, I mean, after but this, this yes, film, she deserves it. This film, and the way she directs, like she she takes it her, her time, like to to make a cut, and the performances and this story. This story can honestly be like a little bit like. Uh, how you call it like cookie cutter I don't know if that's the correct way or like cheesy at times like the way some overly sentimental maybe yeah yeah that's that's a that that's a more eloquent way to say it 
You're welcome. <laughs> but but yeah, it truly, it truly, I wasn't, I was, and, and for someone that like was not introduced to Mr. Rogers until last year, I had no idea oh, who man. he was because like growing up like in Mexico or anything, like, I don't have that guy. Who, like, you don't know who he is, and, and and it's just an exploration of a character. Like, how can someone that outside your world can really affect you? And I think that's something we all go through. Like, I mean, he met Mr. Rogers personally, but like, you know, there's some characters or people that we don't even met for, for some reason, like, affects our lives. And, and that's my number four. Number three, I laughed way too hard in this movie for way too many times, and that's Jojo Rabbit. Okay. All right. It was my ten and Malcolm's nine. <laughs> okay. I, I just gonna say like quick because I guess you guys have talked about it. I just loved it. It's so wonderful. Scarlett Johansson in it is. It's. I have a crush on her. Sad, whatever. But it, you know, it made me laugh. That's. Imp- I was laughing so hard, and I, and and I I watched it twice in the theater, and I was laughing the same. I think Taika has some like he he's just he 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 gets he balances the comedy and and the dramatic parts in the film incredibly. It's so it's beautiful to watch. It's has great performances, and you know, it makes you question your own morality. Like, is everybody is 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 a bad group really really we're all that, that bad and and i don't know if that's good or bad but it really it made me think and that was important so jojo rabbit number three i mean yeah no that that opening of jojo rabbit is still like with the oh i want to hold your hand with the that was uh, a <laughs> that set the tone real fast um, all right, and then, uh, that, hey, that gives us to our final two. So, uh, Ryan, what is your two and one? All right, so my number two, what you're from earlier, is the Safi Brothers Uncut Jack. Really? Yeah. Wow. I really love this movie. It's really, really, really good. Um, and really, really intense. And, yeah, um, it's, I mean, I, I think that they took everything that I'd seen from their earlier, from their earlier films and really just kind of like not racked it up a notch. You know, it's a complete, a very complete story and one that's incredibly compelling. And it, like, you know, I, I think that Abe made a good point. Like and it's a movie makes you feel something like it's, it belongs as a top movie. Like this is a movie that like, like the second time I watched it like I knew what was going to happen like I knew what the ending was but your like palms still sweat you get like really uncomfortable like as this thing just like ratchets up to its conclusion and you know it's it is very intense in a really interesting and cool way and uh, I'm really happy that I I got to see it and I think that it's a movie that um, everybody should see I'll see it. I promise. I'm just still <laughs> nervous. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, well, I, I had um, at seven. Um, Uncut Gems is a great movie, um, and I think all the performances in this are great. Like Adam Sandler doing another knockout performance as a dramatic work. Um, I mean, I guess we could expect his worst movie ever made now that he was snubbed for the Oscar. But, but, no. um, but hot take. I think his performance was great, but I think the Academy had the white five um, nominees for best actor. So, 
Um, I think he would have been. He would have. He just fell six. So. Okay. I mean, he did make it to the Gone with the Wind uh, uh, five. So hey, he, he did. Hey, there you go. Uh, what's your number one, Ryan? And my number one. Uh, it had been that way for a real long time now. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, Quentin Tarantino's ninth outing. Um, and, you know, the more the more I watch this movie, the more I love it. Like, honestly, like, the first time I saw it, I was like, I really, really like this movie, but I don't know, like, I don't know how much I love it. I just sort of respected it the first time I saw it. Um, and every subsequent viewing, I've just enjoyed myself more. And it's uh, and I, it's another, like, one of these mood... Like, it's a mood movie. Like, you watch it, and it puts you in a very particular kind of mood. And, uh, like, honestly, like, there are a few movies that I can really say do that. And this is a movie that's, like, so complete and so just, like, it's so well-developed. Like, the performances are all amazing. I still love Al Pacino and don't think enough people talk about him. <laughs> and it's just like, I don't know. This movie, this movie got to me. And um, I just think it is the best complete piece of cinema that I saw in 2019. That is high praise right there. Well, I love it when people love movies and then they give us, they give me sound rational reason as to why they love it because it makes me appreciate it more. And you keeping t- on talking about this has made me appreciate this movie more. I don't love it, but it makes me appreciate it further. So I like it when people do that. So thank you for that, Ryan. No um, problem. And then, Malcolm, what are your top two films of the year? Um, my number two um, is Avengers Endgame. Um, this is um, I, this is one that I was really surprised that didn't make my number one, considering how much I love um, superhero movies and that. But it's just a movie that came later in the year with um, with an, a better ensemble of people um, that I thought I really enjoyed much more than this. Um, but but yeah, I mean, Avengers: The Endgame was a cult, uh, cult um, color mate, cult. Whatever the word Culmination. is. Culmination. Culmination. That one. It's okay. We can't speak. It's okay. Um, of about of 22 movies, and it just and did everything right. Um, it, this is one that when I've heard they were doing time travel, it worried me a little bit that they were going to bring everyone back to life, and just it's it was all going to end up with everyone alive, but but they still ended up at the end with um. With and spoilers, if you haven't seen the movie, that has that's I mean, made on. made almost three billion dollars by now. But um, Black Widow is permanently dead, um, and a lot of people are dead, dead. Um, and I don't think there's a chance they're going to take away this those stakes and bring them back. I mean, Black Widow's got her own movie coming out, but that's a prequel, so to speak, set between Infinity War and Civil War, from what I've heard. But um. Mm-hmm. But Endgame is just uh, the perfect sort of ending to a saga, and it's going to be interesting to sort of see where um, the MCU sort of goes with their movies going forward. I think they will probably lead on to another big bad for maybe another 10 years down the line or something, but it's going to be interesting now that they've sort of ta- stopped a saga and just go to go somewhere different. Hmm. 
I mean, listen, they own the rights to Doctor Doom now, so... <laughs> Please, Marvel? <laughs> do it right this time! <sighs> I, I mean, I mean, if anyone's going to do Doctor Doom more, it will be Marvel. <laughs> I mean, I hope and pray. That's my favorite villain right there. Uh, Abe, wasn't also Endgame in your top ten? Uh, yeah, it's number eight. Any quick words you I have for it? Uh, I, I watched the movie three times in the theater. Every time I was so I was crying way more. Like the first one, it's so much that you have to process that you don't know how to react to it. And the second one, you notice all the beautiful things that happen in it. Like, oh, this is so. And then the third one, I was a mess. But um, my number one movie of the year is is one that I'm surprised I haven't had to join from um other places on the list, but I'm pretty sure everyone loved this movie on this panel. Um, but I'm taking my knives out, but <laughs> knives wow. out one, um, which also has Chris Evans in it. Funnily enough, but uh, honorable mention, honorable mention though. So just but um, this is a movie which um when I first heard about it, like is um was like. Oh yeah, it's just going to be a um, Agatha Christie parody sort of thing. It's going to be a murder mystery. It's going to be just the same old thing. This is a murder mystery with a difference because they throw in twists that you wouldn't expect with this kind of movie. And I'm not going to spoil it here because if you haven't seen it, I, you should see it um, because it's going to get a sequel. Um, and Daniel Craig's um, Detective Blank um, is probably one of the best characters in this just um the i mean the fact way he doesn't speak a lot at the start he's just randomly sitting there in the background with the um interviews it's um it's just fun and and the this ensemble cast is great and it's mm-hmm. one of those ones which i love it so much and can't, um, can't wait to see sort of who they're going to get in for the sequel and what crazy stuff they're going to go this the next time. And uh, I, I will say this is probably his best written um, film that I've seen. So uh, it's just incredibly smart writing. And Abe, this is also on your ten, right? Correct, Manning. I just love this movie. I think the ensemble is incredible, especially all the women. I'm in love with all of them in a way. <laughs> Oh, that's the, oh boy! That's the thing that <laughs> like oh, Tony Collette is really funny. Like Jamie Lee Curtis, Curtis has a presence that I don't know a lot of actors have. Like she just steals. Like when she's on screen for me, like she steals the the frame for, for the lack of a better word. But yeah, I was truly engaged in it. I took I I watched it once, then I took some some of my friends like to go watch it, and wait they were just as So I was happy to that like. It, and also, it's, it's kind of a crowd pleaser. Like it's a movie mm-hmm. everybody can watch, can enjoy. Like doesn't doesn't you know have a side or something, and, and it's just great. I mm-hmm. really liked. It. I agree. Um, now we're getting a sequel to it. We are knives in. That's what it will be called. All right. So, Little Women. That's my two guys. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> Uh, yeah. As you all know, I adore this movie. I adore it's Little Women. It's also on everybody's list, to point out. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. It's, Abe, is, is it Little Women on your list? No way, Jose. Okay. Ah! <laughs> okay, <laughs> it was, bad. until Abe came, it was on everybody's list. It was. Although what, position did you, what position did Ryan, well, Michael and Ryan, where do you, where do you guys have it? 
Yeah, where do you guys have it again? We both had it at six. And it is it is my two. I'm gonna tell you where it is in my list. I recognize it. Okay. Well, quickly, you know, twenty-eight. Oh, you hurt me. Forty-eight. 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 Yeah, I'm kicking you off the podcast. Look, I have to say right now. You know, before you you improv. Well, the movie is wonderfully made, beautifully acted, wonderfully directed, but I was not interested in it. I can recognize okay. everything well, that's good with it. Well, I, let's, I, let's sit. I think okay, Vera Gerwig directs okay, the uh-huh, shit uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. All right, man. Uh-huh. <laughs> you good? You good? Okay. Yeah, All right. Play. All right. So, so, I know Malcolm has to get going, um, so he can okay. say something good about it. Little Women, for me personally, is... One of the most is my is the most emotional film for me personally. I am a huge Lisa May Alcott fan, so I am of course biased in the sense of the actual story. But how Greta Gerwig, as 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 um, Abe was saying, Greta Gerwig is is in the director chair is phenomenal. She knows what she wants for this, but does something that is both fresh but familiar with the story. She makes it both engaging in a way that we haven't seen before, but also emotionally um, taxing for those who have seen it. Because, you know what? We may know this X character is not going to make it all the way through, hypothetically speaking. I won't spoil it. But we still are gripped in how she tells the story is something that I didn't know I needed. But the non-linear way that she tells this is this. it makes this coming-of-age story fresh. And, man, this is such a... This is a... uh, um, this this movie is just an embarrassment of riches when it comes to the cast. Uh, it got runner up for reason for Ensemble and Gone with the Wind, guys. Sick like anyone last episode, check that out. Uh, Ronan, Pugh, Scanlon, Watson, Dern, Cooper, Letts, Chalamet—they're all great. It's it is they are so good. And Greta Gerwig gave one of my favorite directions. And the editing is completely underrated with how she manages to tell that story because uh, that movie lives and dies by the way they edit that. And I give it full props because. Ugh, the March family is one of those families in film that I just connect with on an emotional level. And she did this movie beautifully. So Malcolm, before you go, little women. Um, yeah, this is one that I, I loved. Um, and this is one that it did go down when I rewatched it a little bit. Um, but this would have been my number one. Um, had I not um, rewatched the second time, but, um, and it just went down a little, just slightly because just because um I I did I found the the time jumps a little bit jarring at times. Um but the like that's basically um my only sort of negative. Um and it's but that's just, just one of those ones that I think is great. The acting's great. Um Sersha deserved the nomination, um, and Fl- Florence Pugh should have been nominated at the Oscars, but um, she, but, she was. Now, <laughs> she should have won. I'm about to say, well, in comparison to Dern, um, I can't say anything bad. About but, um, and yeah, and as I alluded to earlier, this is the movie Lord Dern should have been nominated for the Oscars over Marriage Story, but. It's mm-hmm. either way, both performances were really great. I wouldn't be surprised if the voters saw her names like, oh, she was great, a little woman tick. 
<laughs> nominations come out. Wait a minute, wrong movie. Uh, and then Ryan, tell us Little Women for you. Yeah, no, I think that this movie is really charming and delightful and well acted. And I thought the cinematography cues were beautiful. Uh, there's a scene with Chris Cooper that's incredibly moving. Yes. Um, and just generally, like I think this movie is extremely well done and uh, deserves deserves its time in the spotlight. Can I ask yeah. you guys a question? Go ahead. Were you? Well, I don't know if you go. You guys knew Bob Odenkirk was in this movie and was playing the father. I forgot. Okay, I were knew, but guys, I forgot. Were you guys you. kind of underwhelmed, like when he shows up as the father? You know, Bob no. Odenkirk, good-looking man, but for the daughters he had. You have to be way harder <laughs> to produce that kind of offspring. What? what? That's what you were thinking? Uh, <laughs> I didn't. That thought did not cross my mind, but well, it did mine. I was <laughs> okay. Next time, next time we watch it, we go to be thinking like, oh god, I. So, huh. <laughs> I was like, huh. Well, they take after their mother, I guess. Um, you know, um, we know Laura Dern has dominant genes, him, so. Obviously, that's the case. Uh, yeah. And I know that Malcolm has to go. So before, Abe, you tell me your final two. Malcolm, tell us what your top ten was once again. Uh, my top ten was... Um, Ford v. Ferrari was my ten. Jodo Rabbit was my nine. Us was eight. Uncut Gems was seven. Little Woman was six. Marisol was five. Booksmart was four. Midsommar was three. Endgame was two. And Knives Out was one. All right, and before you head out, can you somehow get a, get make that list for us? So once we make our top ten, or can you stay for the next ten minutes, or can you not? Um, no, but my list is on Letterbox. So okay, can you link that to us so we can go after it? We can we can um, yeah, yeah make it. All right, so we you will be here with us in spirit. Your list will be here with us, but you can go ahead and do rank them right now. All right, thank you, Malcolm. See ya. Thank you for the intro. All right, now, Abe, tell us your top two. Okay, this is where I'm going to get some kind of shit from you two, and uh, I'm, I'm ready to it. You know, I'm a kind of a rom-com guy, and if I get a rom-com, romantic comedy, if if I, if I get a, uh-huh. a, a good one, I love it, and I rewatch it several times in the year, and I just have a crush on this woman so many times, and she's wearing a dread red dress in this film so long shot you know Charlize Theron Sarah Rogen forgot oh, you man, love this movie it. so much dude I love the movie when I watched it I was just I'm just happy when I watch the movie I'm just happy and and it has heart and it's not something we we don't get that many good rom-coms these years so when we get a good one it's like I'm there for it I'm the guy that loves crazy stupid love you know that's my number one of 2011 so that that's the definition of me like it's you know it's not the greatest movie of all time, but if you told me what you want to rewatch right now from my top ten, I will tell you long shot. Wow, uh, and I've seen it five times already. <laughs> like sometimes five just times. The, yeah, yeah. Watching in the theater, then if if I and if I say oh it's in the background, and it has heart like and it's beautiful and and it has and it has a good message like you shouldn't care about what people say about your partner. Or significant other, whatever you want to say, mm-hmm. because we're people like we, you're enough. Like for anybody, you're enough. That does it, you know, like the, it's kind of she. It has the message of she's out of my league, but I think it does it. It does it better. So. 
That's a good one. Number one. This one is when I saw myself in the theater and I couldn't believe it. Uh, Booksmart. Oh, wow. Okay. I was those girls in in high school and I couldn't believe it. Like, I mean, I didn't judge the people around me that saying you were all dumb or something. But like... I was about to say, you were the class president? (laughs) Oh, no, no, no. Not not that much. I, I, I was a top 10 guy. You know, straight A's. Teachers loved me. I did everything, well, almost everything. I was a really good student at the time. Right now, I'm a pretty good right now. But yeah, that one, like, the... the And also friendship. I, for me, friendship is, like, way more important. Like, I value my friendships. I hadn't... I had had the same friendships for the last 10 years. Like, wow. it's crazy. Like, many people tell me, how do you... Well, they're from middle school, but still, like... But it hit like those teams and Olivia Wilde like that. That's hell of a direction. That's the hell the, the directorial debut. I mean, and 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 I just feel connected to those characters, and it's so funny at times. Like, uh, what's the name of the? What's the name of uh, Princess Leia's daughter? Billy Lord. Uh, Billy Lord. She's just a surprise. She's she is. just great. She's just fantastic in this movie. And I was just happy watching it. And I also cried at the end. Also has some romantic stories. So I love romance and laughing. So if you see my number one and two, you go you ask, what the fuck's wrong with you? And I accept it. You know, I'm kind of, I know they're not going to be in our top 10 overall, but I'm still, I, I'm just happy to watching them. So that's my one and two, everybody. Wow. That's that. Uh, that that definitely feels like an ableist right there. He- heavy they're off. The, look, they're not the best directed movies or best acted. I have to say. Well, they're your favorite movies, though. Yeah, but they're my favorite. And I gotta respect that. Same thing, like when Ryan was touting Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I love when people sing praises about their films, and I get to understand why they really like it, and they get connected with it, and that's why you got connected with it. So, props to you on that one. I love how. We all don't have um, the same top 10 because I just realized I skipped my number one uh, because we went to, we got out of order. <laughs> my number one film of the year is Parasite. And that's for anyone who's been watching this knows without a shadow of a doubt. Parasite has been my number one film. Well, actually, it wasn't my number one film when I first saw it. Over time, it had just grown and I've loved it. Just what Bong Joon-ho has done. I was never the biggest Bong Joon-ho fan. I really hate Okja. Um, but I love Snowpiercer. Okja's a thing. Um, but I have had this new, renewed sense of wanting to go watch his filmography now. I need to go see Memoirs. Memories of Murder or Memoirs of Murder? I don't know. We need to clarify this. Memories. I, either way, I need uh, to go back and watch his filmography because apparently he deals a lot with this type of film that he does is similar to others that he's done before, but he's really perfected the craft that he's attempting to create with this film and Parasite. It is has the single greatest tonal shift that I have personally seen going from what is a dark comedy into a full-on dramatic, not thriller, but a dramatic tale with a little bit of suspense thrown in still while still keeping its darkly comedic edge to it. It is a genre-defying film that I appreciate to no end, and it is one that kind of make me feel all the emotions. Because as we mentioned prior, 
movies that make you feel something that's why we go to the movies that's why we watch movies and this movie made me feel everything to an extent and the fact that it's a foreign language film i don't think i've ever had a foreign language film as my top film of the year close but never to the top extent i could be totally wrong i need to go back and check but this Roma is the, was your number one roma was not my number one last year i can tell you that <laughs> maybe but that's another discussion um it is a movie that I encourage everyone to go see. It is brilliantly done. It is a movie I can't speak highly about. It speak highly enough of. The cast is a fantastic. That house is a character in of itself, and there are now specifically just going to be a resurgence. I hope in what this means for the door for foreign language film and South Korean films in general. Um, so I'm looking forward to see what the future holds because Parasite is a movie that I'm going to be. It's an absurdist con man story that goes beyond what I ever thought it could be. And this roller coaster was one I didn't want to get off. So, uh, Ryan, was this also on your tin, I believe? Yeah, it was my number four. Um, I think it's a really great movie. Um, it takes a really interesting turn halfway through. Um, and I just think it's like a, it's an impeccably made film um, that was interesting and kind of all over the place in a good way and it's a it has a very specific styling that is really interesting and it's really terrifically acted Mm -hmm. and it's just all around a really terrific movie and was it on yours at all abe or no i mean i I had it at 15 and i and 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 for me it comes out like no, nope. no. <laughs> that is a resounding no. So that is no, a resounding like, no. But this is the thing, like my honestly, like my ten to fifteen, like they can you know, all like it's just a matter of time. But my thing with Parasite, I think it's in peak. Uh, it's wonderfully made, like from beginning to start, like the acting and you're engaged from the beginning and and the direction is. I mean, it was that Oscar was well deserved. Uh, and the script, it's just the ending for me. That ending mm. just doesn't make it for me i was i was i was because i can get mad at a movie and understand it like for a character choice or something but i was like this just no it just you had a different tone and i don't think that that tone of shape works like it's not when it starts you know when they met the guy that well spoilers i guess well spoiler 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 go ahead when they discover the husband i don't think it's there is it the moment the I don't the birthday party? Then. Yeah, it's a birthday party. That's where everything goes to hell for me. And also the consequences. I don't think the film has many consequences. I mean, somebody, two people die. Ah! But... Yeah, okay, <laughs> two people die. And and the and the one that deserved to die, the worst one, which was the daughter, actually got it, and I'm happy for that. But but the husband, <laughs> but the husband didn't do anything. He was okay. He was a uh, how you call it. Uh, a little bit of a, a, a leadish jerk, Elitist? but that doesn't mean you need to die. I get, I understand that. No, you you were the villains. The the family yeah. was, was were the villains of the story, and and you and you won. Like I mean, we rarely get films, and you kind we of don't. Won. Which I will say that, which is why I really enjoyed the film because while they were kind of horrible people we were rooting for them to an extent for most of the time. At least I was personally because I, I was we had not. That's, I I wanted them to get caught. And get the consequences from their acts. <laughs> That's what I wanted. Like, it's just I was like, you're an asshole, especially a kid. That movie, this movie, get me mad like in a good way and in a bad way. 
because this is great. Like it, you can have a discussion like the morals of the story and how you think about the characters. Agree. Like yeah, and and I mean I'm talking about it. I really liked it. Like there's no question. Anything is wonderful to me. It's just the ending for me. Just, like, and I'm not denying the fact that the, the, these individuals made some horrible decisions. They were literally parasites. That is the name implies. They were yeah. parasitic individuals. They were literally living off of other people's Wi-Fi and living on little change that they could. And I don't know if that was because of their circumstances or if they put themselves in there. But either way, regardless, them trying to get themselves up to the top, they ultimately brought themselves down to the bottom because they kept lying their way into this con man type story. Which, again, I'm spoiling some of the some of it. But, oh, well, by this point, it's one best picture. I encourage you all to see it regardless. I'm not going to say anything else about it. Because what he does by playing with that morality and that classism and shows the good and the bad of, of what each side of which each side in that class can do i was on board and i think people should go see it but anyway all right those are our top 10 so quickly ryan what is your top 10 as real fast uh my top 10 at number 10 jojo rabbit number nine pain and glory number eight ford v ferrari number seven john wick chapter three parabellum number six little women number five ad astra number four parasite number three richard jewel Number two, Uncut Gems. And number one, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You have to have that pause. Because, you know. And then. There is an ellipsis there. There is an ellipsis. You're right. And then, A, what is your top 10? Number 10, Weathering with You. Number nine, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Number eight, Avengers Engie. Number seven, The Irishman. Number six, Knives Out. Number five, Honey Boy. Number four, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Number three, Jojo Rabbit. Number two, Longshot. And number one, Booksmart. And my number 10 as a recap are number 10, 1917. Number nine, How to Train Your Dragon in the Hidden World. Number eight, American Factory. Number, uh, number seven, The King. Number six, Ford v. Ferrari. Number five, Beautiful day. I'm seeing Abe's face right now as I go through my no, bottom five. No, the, no the, sorry. It's because you say The King and I say, I don't watch the movie. I need to watch it. No, I, <laughs> I encourage you to watch it. It's, it's definitely and nobody, a, and nobody has talked about it. So that, that, that was my reaction. Your list is fine. Okay. Thank sorry. you. I appreciate that. All right. Number six, 4B Ferrari. Sorry, blah, blah, blah. Number, number six, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Number five, 4B Ferrari. Number four, The Farewell. Number three, Ad Astra. Number two, Little Women. Number one, Parasite. So, as we make the communal list of this, there is not a single film that is on all four of our lists. <laughs> so, oh boy, definitely harder. <laughs> Parasite is not on. It's definitely not gonna be on number one. Okay, so well, I, what would what had the highest preponderance of those three films? I think Little Women, Jojo Rabbit with um, what was it for you? That's Abe? three. I think it's Jojo before. Yeah, I think Jojo. No, because Jojo three. is a three, a three, nine, ten, and four V is five, eight, ten. Go the first three. Go the first three, guys. It's better than where we were a couple seconds ago. Okay, it's might not be as hard as I anticipated. I'm basically gonna cross out my entire bottom five because no one had any of those. One nine. Does anybody have anything to beat a one nine? Well, let's not forget Booksmart. Take that, sucker. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> that. Parasite and Booksmart are both 1-4. Uh, 
Do you want to flip a coin on this? Because I will flip a coin. The only thing I can flip is a bag of fruit. Now we are we're seeing Manny. He got a oh, rope. Shoot. He threw it and he cannot catch. Nope. <laughs> that that's the saddest thing I've ever seen. Knives uh, okay. out. <laughs> Hold on. Knives out is before Hold once on. upon a time. Hold on. Wait, I'm trying to write this down. One what, second. Where's your knives out? Oh wait, no, no, no. We hold on. We had a two-seven, which would beat Avengers. It technically beats Once Upon a Time as well. Yeah. Which does it? Two-seven. Oh uh, yeah, it does. Which hurts my feelings. Ad Astra. By the way, that's also better than one nine, and it's also better than two eight, and it's also better. Wait a minute. Hold up. Knives out. Knives what? out. What was knives, knives out, out on your list? I don't want to hurt. I don't want to hurt Ryan anymore today. I mean, you were three of me still in the top ten. I only have. I know. Oh. I, I have three things, not four, five. I about to say. Oh, I have five. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the Gone with the Wind, best films, top films, however you want to call it, favorite films of 2019 are as follows. The 10th spot, Avengers Endgame. Number nine, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Number eight, Uncut Gems. Number seven, Ad Astra. Number six, Knives Out. Number five, Booksmart. Number four, Parasite. Number three, Ford v. Ferrari. Or Le Mans 66, depending on where you're from. And then number two, Jojo Rabbit. Rounding it out with probably the most well-regarded film Maybe not the most loved, critically acclaimed by everybody, but the most well-regarded. That is Little Women at number one. And I am quite happy with that. Biasly so. All right. You know, there we go. I, I have nine out of... I mean, if you're looking at my top 20, I have nine out of those 10, except number one. So <laughs> So that's how, that's how the cookie crumbles. Um, In my top 20... We actually don't add any. Well, no, we add one more. So I've got eight of them in my top 20. I was about to say, uh, we add. I mean, I still have not seen Uncut Gems yet. That's the only one I have not seen. Literally, out of our entire list we talked about, mm-hmm. that's the one I haven't seen. Um, but if we do, do add all of that, all of these are in my top 20. Um, Nine if we go to my top 30. Oh, then we. And we have to go to 32 to get all 10. Which I'm guessing is Booksmart. Nope. No. It's long oh. shot. No. Booksmart is not the lowest on no. of the uh, let me No, no. Oh, Once is it in game? Uh, it is, yes. Aha, there we go. Well, you have to go to my top 50 to get Little Women. So. <sighs> it's in the middle. You know, it's before, after. The How many films did you see? 103. Jeez. What was the lowest ranked movie for everybody that was brought up today? It was brought up today. Ooh, that's a great stat. I mean, I didn't watch Midsommar. Let me check Malcolm's face. Yeah, my, mine was Midsommar, which came in at 53 on my list. Oof. I don't know what else. Which I, I don't know. I'm just going to throw out a few honorable mentions, actually, while we're just... Go ahead. Starting. I'm trying to find out that last one. So, uh, my five honorable mentions that I would like to throw out. The Irishman, number 11, just missed the list. Uh, 1917, number 12, um, you know, The Two Popes, um, The Peanut Butter Falcon, and uh, Fighting With My Family. 
Mm, a good one. It's hung around from the beginning of the year to still stay in the top 15. Good for it. Good for it. Mm-hmm. All right. And then, A, what are your what are your honorable mentions? Okay. okay uh, uh, a parasite. I think we, we will talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you hear me? Because you're cutting out to me. Oh, I can hear yeah, you. Yeah, we can hear you. Okay, okay. Uh, good voice. I just love them. I remember me like in middle school, early middle school. So. <laughs> uh, Richard Jew, which I think is an excellent film. Like, Clint Eastwood Nelson. Uh, Four B Ferrari, Ferrari, and Us, 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 Nosotros. Ustedes. You know that that one was in my top ten. You know, but after retooling a little bit because I couldn't have some one movie out. I said, us, you have to go because I haven't rewatched mm. it out of my top 10. So, right. For my honorable mentions, it was right at number 11, it was Marriage Story. Super close. Uh, 12 was Us. Uh, 13 was Avengers Endgame. Um, 14, not by any quality whatsoever, by zero quality, maybe like 2% quality. Frozen 2. Mainly because I love that movie so much, uh, not because it's good. And then fifteen, uh, Midsummer or Midsummer. Um, but yeah, you love the song. I listen that that there is a I, I actually enjoy a lot of the songs in there, even though they're not particularly great. That movie is another great movie. Again, I mentioned how it deals with grief and how letting go and loss. I'm a sucker for those films, so I can't say no to those. Because I'm lost in the... Okay. All right. All right. Um, I think actually my lowest film was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So, not... It, it, it's, it's at 30. It's at 30. You're crazy, man. Oh, 29. Is it 40? Yeah. Also, Captain Marvel Wars in Godzilla? I mean, I have to say. I might Captain switch Marvel. them. I might switch those two. But I, I listen, I'm a huge fan of Captain Marvel, and that movie was garbage. So. No, I have to say, you, you you haven't watched a lot of shit, like, really bad stuff. Oh, I, I refuse to watch movies that I know that are bad. No, like, I put myself through a ton of shit sometimes. Like, Why? Because, I, I, I don't know, I think... Uh, sometimes I think you important. have to, but... Yeah, I mean, I yeah, but if I have the option. Um, and again, most of these movies I see are not bad. They're just, I don't see, go out and see bad movies. That's not my goal. Most of these are just like, I just didn't love as much as the other ones. Like, Hustlers. Mm-hmm. Hustlers. I really liked Hustlers. I'm not, not going to... Your list does leave me with a couple questions, so many. I have to be honest, <laughs> now that I'm looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? We can't. They can't all be perfect. Um, I'm sure that mine does too, so... <laughs> hey, that's the beauty of film, guys. Taste. Everyone has different taste in film. Even though the quality... People can bicker about quality because, you know... There are some objective standards when it comes to film, but there are also some subjectivity when it comes to how we respond to a film emotionally. And I think this list Man, is eclectic enough for us to do be you watch? Do you watch Cats? Not yet. I'm, I'm still trying oh, to. Okay. It's, Ryan, it's gone was, from is, theaters. Ryan, is Cats your last one? It is, yes. Okay, same. <laughs> I will see when it comes out that. I mean, Diamantino is not much better, but. It's well, what movie? better than Cats. Diamantino. I don't what know. Is, what, what is that? It It's very strange. Um, uh, look up the trailer. I don't know. Like, it, it's... What's it called? Diamantino. 
Well, I'll I'll find it and link it in the chat here. Yeah, I gotta say. Oh nope, found it. What is this? (laughs) How does this have an eighty-seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes? Eighty-seven percent. What in the world? This poster. What is this? Okay, yeah, no. Um, I'm so curious about what this is, actually. But anyway, we have gone on long enough. Uh, Ryan, where can they find you? Uh, anywhere you want to follow somebody on the internet, or Ken nineteen. Um, but generally, in my office. That's where. <laughs> that's where. Recently, if you actually want to find me? That's where I probably am. <laughs> Where's his office? You don't know, but it's somewhere. It's in Edmonton, Alberta. There you go. Never mind then. But you don't know who he works for. So uh, yeah, unless you were to Google me, but that's. Oh, I'm actually going to Google Ryan after this and see what pops up. Well, <laughs> you don't want to lawyer. Google me. Do I not want to Google you? Who, who? If I was going to Google someone, Abe, where would I Google you? You will find a link to my Facebook page, which I don't want you to add me on Facebook because I don't care about your life and you shouldn't care about mine either. Uh, Diamantino, you know what it means in like, I mean, in Spanish, I mean, like, how you call those sparkles? I get sparkles like you, those butter sparkles. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, I mean, that's I think amazing. the movie is Portuguese, but in any event, yeah. yeah. it is. I was like, I didn't really understand any of it, so I'm pretty sure it was Portuguese, not Spanish. But no, it was Portuguese. Well, you're Diamantino. You can follow me on Instagram at Abraham F. I know Abraham First Twenty Five, and on Twitter at Abraham F. Twenty Five. And if you do, I had to, I had to look up. Uh... Ryan McKenna lawyer because uh, the baseball player came up before. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, that baseball player, uh, that other one that everyone knows so well. Um, yeah. That nobody knows. Exactly. That's the, that, that's what's funny because I I don't know anything about baseball. So oh well. And you can find me on Twitter at Cine underscore man. That's C I N E underscore M A N N. As well as on my YouTube channel Manning Franks and just over here, uh, find us on YouTube at Take Three Productions or subscribe to our podcast. On Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, all that good jazz, wherever you get your podcasts, we probably are on there finally. So again, leave us a review and a, and a rating because we love stuff like that. Uh, we'll might read it next time you you have a we have a uh, episode. We'll see. Uh, and again, thank you all for listening to our top ten of 2019. This has been Gone with the Wind. Tune in next week as we enter officially 2020. Thank you.